Section twenty six of The Anatomy of Melancholy, Volume three. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Recording by Anna Simon. The Anatomy of Melancholy, Volume three, by Robert Burton. Section twenty six. Partition three, Section two, Member five, Subsection five, Part one. The last and best cure of love melancholy is to let them have their desire. The last refuge and surest remedy to be put in practice in the utmost place, when no other means will take effect, is to let them go together and enjoy one another. Potissima cura est ut heros amasia sua potiatur, saith Guenerius, Capitum 15, Tract 15. Esculapius himself to this malady cannot invent a better remedy. Quam ut amanti cedat amatum, Jason pretenses, than that a lover has his desire. Et pariter torulo bini jungantur in uno, et pulcho detur enee Lavinia conjux. And let them both be joined in a bed, and let Aeneas fair Lavinia wed. Tis the special cure to let them bleed in vena himancea, for love is a pleurisy, and if it be possible, so let it be. Optataque gaudia carpant. Arculanus holds it the speediest and the best cure. Tis Savonarola's last precept, a principal infallible remedy, the last, sole, and safest refuge. Julia sola poles nostras extinguere flammas, non nive. Nun glacie, set potes igne pari. Julia alone can quench my desire, with neither ice nor snow, but with like fire. When you have all done, saith Avicenna, there is no speedier or safer course than to join the parties together according to their desires and wishes, the custom and form of law, and so we have seen him quickly restored to his former health, that was languished away to skin and bones. After his desire was satisfied, his discontent ceased, and we thought it strange. Our opinion is therefore that in such cases nature is to be obeyed. Eretius, an old author, Book Three, Chapter Three, had an instance of a young man, when no other means could prevail, was so speedily relieved. What remains then but to join them in marriage? Tunc et basia, marciunculasque, sureptim dare, Mutios fovere, amplexus licet et licet iocari. They may then kiss and call, lie and look babies in one another's eyes, as e'er sires before them did. They may then satiate themselves with love's pleasures, which they have so long wished and expected. Atque una simul in toro quiescant, conjuncto simul ore suvientur, et somnos agitent quiete in una. Yea, but hic labor hoc opus, this cannot conveniently be done, by reason of many and several impediments. Sometimes both parties themselves are not agreed. Parents, tutors, masters, guardians will not give consent. Laws, customs, statutes hinder. Poverty, superstition, fear and suspicion. Many men dote on one woman, semul et simul. She dotes as much on him or them and immodesty must not, cannot woo, as unwilling to confess as willing to love, she dare not make it known, show her affection, or speak her mind, 
and hard is the choice, as it is in Euphius, when one is compelled either by silence to die with grief, or by speaking to live with shame. In this case almost was the fair Lady Elizabeth, Edward the Fourth, his daughter, when she was enamoured on Henry the Seventh, that noble young prince and new saluted king, when she broke forth into that passionate speech, Oh, that I were worthy of that comely prince, but my father being dead, I want friends to motion such a matter. What shall I say? I am all alone, and dare not open my mind to any. What if I acquaint my mother with it? Bashfulness forbids. What if some of the lords? Audacity wants. Oh, that I might but confer with him, perhaps in discourse I might slip such a word that might discover mine intention. How many modest maids may this concern? I am a poor servant, what shall I do? I am a fatherless child, and want means. I am blithe and buxom, young and lusty, but I have never a suitor. Expectant stolidi ut ego illos rogatum veniam, as she said. A company of silly fellows look belike that I should woo them, and speak first. Fain they would, and cannot woo. Que primum exordia sumam. Being merely passive, they may not make suit, with many such lets and inconveniences, which I know not. What shall we do in such a case? Sing fortune my foe? Some are so curious in this behalf, as those old Romans, our modern Venetians, Dutch and French, that if two parties clearly love, the one noble, the other ignoble, they may not by their laws match, though equal otherwise in years, fortunes, education, and all good affection. In Germany, except they can prove their gentility by three descents, they scorn to match with them. A nobleman must marry a noble woman, a baron a baron's daughter, a knight a knight's, a gentleman a gentleman's. As slaters sort their slates, do they degrees and families. If she be never so rich, fair, well qualified otherwise, they will make him forsake her. The Spaniards abhor all widows, the Turks repute them old women, if past five-and-twenty. But these are two severe laws and strict customs. Dandum aliquid amori. We are all the sons of Adam. Tis opposite to nature. It ought not to be so. Again, he loves her most impotently. She loves not him. And so a contra. Pan loved Echo. Echo satirus. Satirus lida. Quantum ipsorum aliquis amantem oderat. Tantum ipsius amans odiosus erat. They love and loathe of all sorts. He loves her, she hates him, and is loathed of him on whom she dotes. Cupid hath two darts, one to force love, all of gold, and that sharp, quod facet auratum est, another blunt of lead, and that to hinder. Fugat hoc, facet illut amorem. This dispels, that creates love. This we see too often verified in our common experience. Choresus dearly loved that virgin Calirue, but the more he loved her, the more she hated him. Oenone loved Paris, but he rejected her. They are stiff of all sides, as if beauty were therefore created to undo, or be undone. I give her all attendance, all observance, I pray and entreat. Alma precor miserere me, fair mistress pity me, I spend myself, my time, friends and fortunes, to win her favour, as he complains in Yerclog. I lament, sigh, weep, and make my moan to her, but she is hard as flint, cautibus is mariis immotior, as fair and hard as a diamond, she will not respect, despectus tibisum, 
or hear me, fugit illa vocantem, nil lacrimas miserata meas, nil flexa querilis. What shall I do? I would her as a young man should do. But, sir, she said, I love not you. Duriorat scopulis mea coelia, marmore, ferro, robore, rupe, antro, cornu, adamante, gelu, rock, marble, hard of oak with iron barred, frost, flint, or adamants are not so hard. I give, I bribe, I send presents, but they are refused. Rusticus est corridon, nec munera curat Alexis. I protest, I swear, I weep. Odioque rependit amores, irisu lacrimas. She neglects me for all this, she derides me, contemns me, she hates me. Philida flouts me. Caute feris, quercudurior uridice, stiff, churlish, rocky still. And is most true, many gentlewomen are so nice, they scorn all suitors, crucify their poor paramours, and think nobody good enough for them, as dainty to please as Daphne herself. Multi illum petiere, illa aspernate petentes, nec quid hymen, quid amor, quid sint connubia curat. Many did woo her, but she scorned them still, and said she would not marry by her will. One while they will not marry, as they say at least, when as they intend nothing less. Another while not yet, when as their only desire, they rave upon it. She will marry at last, but not him. He is a proper man indeed, and well qualified, but he wants means. Another of her suitors hath good means, but he wants wit. One is too old, another too young, too deformed. She likes not his carriage. A third too loosely given. He is rich, but base-born. She will be a gentlewoman, a lady, as her sister is, as her mother is. She is all out as fair, as well brought up, hath as good a portion, and she looks for as good a match as Matilda or Dorinda. If not, she is resolved as yet to tarry, so apt are young maids to boggle at every object, so soon won or lost with every toy, so quickly diverted, so hard to be pleased. In the meantime, quod torsit amantis, one suitor pines away, languisheth in love, mori quod denique cogit, another sighs and grieves, she cares not, and which Sirosa objected to Ariadne. Nec magis uriali gemitu, lacrimisque moveris, quam preca turbati flectitur orasati. Tu juvenem co non formosior alter in urbe, spernis et insano cogis amore mori, is no more moved with those sad sighs and tears of her sweetheart than raging sea with prayers. Thou scornst the fairest youth in all our city, and makest him almost mad for love to die. They take a pride to prank up themselves, to make young men enamored. Captare viros et spernere capias, to dote on them, and to run mad for their sakes. Set nullis illa movetur flitibus, aut voces ullas tractabilis audit. Whilst niggardly their favours they discover, they love to be beloved, yet scorn the lover. All suit and service is too little for them, presence too base. Tormentis gaudet amantis et spoliis. As Atalanta, they must be overrun or not won. Many young men are as obstinate and as curious in their choice, as tyrannically proud, insulting, deceitful, false-hearted, as irrefragable and peevish on the other side, Narcissus-like. 
multi illum juvenis, multi petire puele, set fuit in tenera tam dira superbia forma. Nulli illum juvenis, nullas petire puele. Young man and maids did to him sue, but in his youth so proud, so coy was he. Young man and maids bade him adieu. Echo wept and wooed him by all means above the rest. Love me for pity, or pity me for love, but he was obstinate. Ante ait emoriar quam sit tibi copia nostri. He would rather die than give consent. Psyche ran whining after Cupid. Formosum tua te Psyche, formosa requirit, et poscit te diadeum, purumque puella. Fair Cupid, thy fair Psyche to thee sues, a lovely lass a fine young gallant woos. But he rejected her nevertheless. Thus many lovers do hold out so long, doting on themselves, stand in their own light, till in the end they come to be scorned and rejected, as Trosas Gargiliana was. Te juvenes te odere sinus, desertaque langues, que fueras procerum publica cura prius. Both young and old do hate these scorn now, that once was all their joy and comfort too. As Narcissus was himself, who, despising many, died ere he could enjoy the love of any. They begin to be contempt themselves of others, as he was of his shadow, and take up with a poor curate, or an old serving-man at last, that might have had their choice of right good matches in their youth, like that generous mare in Plutarch, which would admit of none but great horses, but when her tail was cut off and mane shorn close, and she now saw herself so deformed in the water when she came to drink, ab asino conscendi se passa. She was contented at last to be covered by an ass. Yet this is a common humour, will not be left and cannot be helped. Hanc volo que non vult, ilam que vult ego nolo, vincere vult animos non satiare venus. I love a maid, she loves me not, full fain, she would have me, but I not her again. So love to crucify men's souls is bent, but seldom doth it please or give consent. There love danceth in a ring, and Cupid hunts them round about, he dotes, is doted on again. Dumque petit petitur, pariterque accedit et ardet. Their affection cannot be reconciled. Oftentimes they may and will not. "'Tis their own foolish proceedings that mars all. "'They are too distrustful of themselves, too soon dejected. "'Say she be rich, thou poor, she young, thou old, "'she lovely and fair, thou most ill-favoured and deformed, "'she noble, thou base, she spruce and fine, but thou an ugly clown. "'Nil desperandum, there's hope enough yet. "'Mopso nisadator, quit non speremus amantes.' Put thyself forward once more, as unlikely matches have been and are daily made. See what will be the event. Many leave roses and gather thistles, loathe honey and love virtues. Our likings are as various as our palates. But commonly they omit opportunities, oscula qui sumsit, etc. They neglect the usual means and times. He that will not when he may, when he will he shall have nay. They look to be wooed, sought after, and sued to. Most part they will and cannot, either for the above-named reasons, or for that there is a multitude of suitors equally enamoured, doting all alike, and where one alone must speed, what shall become of the rest? Hero was beloved of many, but one did enjoy her, 
Penelope had a company of suitors, yet all missed of their aim. In such cases he or they must wisely and warily unwind themselves, unsettle his affections by those rules above prescribed. Quinstultos excutit ignis, divert his cogitations, or else bravely bear it out, as Turnus did, to asit Lavinia conjux, when he could not get her, with a kind of heroical scorn he bid Aeneas take her, or with a milder farewell let her go. Et filida solus habito, take her to you, God give you joy, sir. The fox in the emblem would eat no grapes, but why? Because he could not get them. Care not then for that which may not be had. Many such inconveniences, lets and hindrances there are, which cross their projects and crucify poor lovers, which sometimes may, sometimes again cannot be so easily removed. But put case they be reconciled all, agreed hitherto. Suppose this love or good liking be between two alone, both parties well pleased, there is mutuus amor, mutual love and great affection. Yet their parents, guardians, tutors, cannot agree. Thence all is dashed, the match is unequal, one rich, another poor. Durus pater, a hard-hearted, unnatural, a covetous father, will not marry his son, except he have so much money, ita in aurum omnes insaniunt, as Chrysostom notes, nor join his daughter in marriage to save her dowry, or for that he cannot spare her for the service she doth him, and is resolved to part with nothing whilst he lives, not a penny, though he may peradventure well give it, he will not till he dies, and then as a pot of money broke, it is divided amongst them that gaped after it so earnestly. Or else he wants means to set her out, he hath no money, and though it be to the manifest prejudice of her body and soul's health, he cares not, he will take no notice of it, she must and shall tarry. Many slack and careless parents, iniqui patris, measure their children's affections by their own. They are now cold and decrepit themselves, past all such youthful conceits, and they will therefore starve their children's genus, have them a pueris illico nasci senes. They must not marry, nec earum affines, esse rerum quas secum fert adolescentia, ex sua libidne moderator quae est nunc non que olim fuit. As he said in the comedy, they will stifle nature, their young bloods must not participate of youthful pleasures, but be as they are themselves, old on a sudden. And is a general fault amongst most parents in bestowing of their children. The father wholly respects wealth, when through his folly, riot, indiscretion, he hath embezzled his estate. To recover himself, he confines and prostitutes his eldest son's love and affection to some fool or ancient or deformed piece for money. Fanaretae ducet filiam rufam ilam virginem, caesiam sparso ore adunco naso. And though his son utterly dislike, with Clitipho in the comedy, non possum pater, if she be rich, ea, he replies, at elegans est, credas animum ibi esse. He must and shall have her, she is fair enough, young enough, if he look or hope to inherit his lands, he shall marry, not when or whom he loves, arconidis huius filium, but whom his father commands, when and where he likes, his affection must dance attendance upon him. His daughter is in the same predicament, forsooth, as an empty boat, she must carry what, where, when, and whom her father will, so that in these businesses the father is still for the best advantage. 
now the mother respects good kindred, must part the son a proper woman. All which Livy exemplifies, a gentleman and a yeoman wooed a wench in Rome, contrary to that statute that the gentry and commonalty must not match together. The matter was controverted. The gentleman was preferred by the mother's voice, que quam splendissimis nuptis jungi puellam volebat. The overseer stood for him that was most worth, etc. But parents ought not to be so strict in this behalf. Beauty is a dowry of itself all-sufficient. Virgo formosa et si opido pauper, abunde dotata est. Rachel was so married to Jacob, and Bonaventure, in foresent, denies that he so much as venially sins that marries a maid for comeliness of person. The Jews, the Jeronimus 21.11, if they saw amongst the captives a beautiful woman, some small circumstances observed, might take her to wife. They should not be too severe in that kind, especially if there be no such urgent occasion or grievous impediment. It is good for commonwealth, Plato holds, that in their contracts young men should never avoid the affinity of poor folks or seek after rich. Poverty and base parentage may be sufficiently recompensed by many other good qualities, modesty, virtue, religion, and choice bringing up. I am poor, I confess, but am I therefore contemptible and an abject? Love itself is naked, the graces, the stars, and Hercules clad in a lion's skin. Give something to virtue, love, wisdom, favour, beauty, person. Be not all for money. Besides, you must consider that at amor cogi non potest. Love cannot be compelled. They must affect as they may. Fatum est in partibus illis quas sinus abscondit, as the saying is. Marriage and hanging goes by destiny. Matches are made in heaven. It lies not in our power to love or hate, for will in us is overruled by fate. A servant-maid in Aristinetus loved her mistress's minion, which, when her dame perceived, furiosa emulatione, in a jealous humour, she dragged her about the house by the hair of the head, and vexed her sore. The wench cried out, O oh, mistress, fortune hath made my body your servant, but not my soul. Affections are free, not to be commanded. Moreover, it may be to restrain their ambition, pride, and covetousness, to correct those hereditary diseases of a family, God in his just judgment assigns and permits such matches to be made. For I am of Plato and Bodine's mind, that families have their bounds and periods as well as kingdoms, beyond which, for extent or continuance, they shall not exceed six or seven hundred years, as they there illustrate by a multitude of examples, and which Poker and Melancton approve, but in a perpetual tenor, as we see by many pedigrees of knights, gentlemen, yeomen, continue as they began, for many descents with little alteration. Howsoever let them, I say, give something to youth, to love, they must not think they can fancy whom they appoint. Amor enim non imperatur, affectus liber si quis alius et vices exigens. This is a free passion, as Pliny said in a panegyric of his, and may not be forced. Love craves liking, as the saying is, it requires mutual affections, a correspondency. Invito non datur nec aufertur. It may not be learned. Ovid himself cannot teach us how to love. Solomon describe, a palace paint, or Helen express it. They must not therefore compel or intrude. Quis enim, as Fabius urgeth, amar alieno animo potest. 
but consider with all the miseries of enforced marriages, take pity upon youth, and such above the rest as have daughters to bestow, should be very careful and provident to marry them in due time. Serachides, chapter 7, verse 25, calls it a weighty matter to perform, so to marry a daughter to a man of understanding in due time. Virgines enim tempestive locandae, as Lemnius admonisheth, book 1, chapter 6. Virgins must be provided for in season, to prevent many diseases, of which Rodericus a Castro de Morbis Mulierum, book 2, chapter 3, and Lot Mercatus, book 2, de Mulier Effect, chapter 4, de Melancholia Virginum et Viduarum, have both largely discoursed. And therefore, as well to avoid these feral maladies, tis good to get them husbands betimes, as to prevent some other gross inconveniences, and for a thing that I know besides, ubi nuptiarum tempus et aetis advenerit, as Chrysostom adviseth, let them not defer it. They perchance will marry themselves else, or do worse. If Nevisanus the lawyer do not impose, they may do it by right, for as he proves out of Curtius and some other civilians, Silvae, Book 2, Number 30, a maid past twenty-five years of age, against her parents' consent, may marry such a one as is unworthy of and inferior to her, and her father by law must be compelled to give her a competent dowry. Mistake me not in the meantime, or think that I do apologize here for any headstrong, unruly, wanton flirts. I do approve that of St. Ambrose, commentary in Genesis 24.51, which he hath written touching Rebecca's spousals. A woman should give unto her parents the choice of her husband, lest she be reputed to be malapert and wanton, if she take upon her to make her own choice, for she should rather seem to be desired by a man than to desire a man herself. To those hard parents alone I retort that of Curtius, in the behalf of modester maids, that are too remiss and careless of their due time and riper years, for if they tarry longer, to say truth, they are past date, and nobody will respect them. A woman with us in Italy, says Aretine's Lucretia, twenty-four years of age, is old already, past the best, of no account. An old fellow, as Ligistrata confesseth in Aristophanes, etsi sit canus, quito puellam virginem ducat uxorem, and is no news for an old fellow to marry a young wench, but as he follows it, mulieris brevis occasio est, etsi hoc non apprehenderit, Nemo vult ducre uxorum, expectans vero sedet. Who cares for an old maid, she may set, etc. A virgin, as the poet holds, lasciva et petulans puella virgo, is like a flower, a rose withered on a sudden. Quam modo nascentem ritulus conspexit eus, hanc radiens sero vespere vidit anum. She that was erst a maid as fresh as may, is now an old crone, time so steals away. Let them take time, then, while they may, make advantage of youth, and as he prescribes, Colige virgo rosas dum flos novus et nova pubes, et memor esto evium, sic properare tuum. Fair maids, go gather roses in the prime, and think that it as a flower so goes on time. Let's all love, dum vires anique sinunt while we are in the flower of years, fit for love matters, and while time serves, for solis occidere et redire possunt, 
nobis cum semel oxidit brevis lux, nox est perpetuo una dormienda. Suns that set may rise again, but if once we lose this light, this withers perpetual night. Volat irrevocabile tempus, time past cannot be recalled, but we need no such exhortation, we are all commonly too forward. Yet, if there be any escape, and all be not as it should, as Diogenes struck the father when the son swore, because he taught him no better, if a maid or young man miscarry, I think their parents oftentimes, guardians, overseers, governors, neque vos, saith Chrysostom, a supplicio immunes evaditis, si non statim ad nuptias, etc., are in as much fault and as severely to be punished as their children, in providing for them no sooner. Now for such as have free liberty to bestow themselves, I could wish that good counsel of the comical old man were put in practice. Opulentioris pauperiorum ut filias, in dotas dicant uxores domum, et multo fiat civitas concordior, et invidia nos minore utemur quam utimur that rich man would marry poor maidens some, and that without dowry, and so bring them home, so would much concord be in our city, less envy should we have, much more pity. If they would care less for wealth, then we should have much more content and quietness in a commonwealth. Beauty, good bringing up, methinks, is a sufficient portion of itself. Dulcest sua forma puellis. Her beauty is a maiden's dower, and he doth well that will accept of such a wife. Eubelidis, in Aristinitus, married a poor man's child, facie non irritabili, of a merry countenance and heavenly visage, in pity of her estate, and that quickly. Aconsius, coming to Delos, to sacrifice to Diana, fell in love with Cidipe, a noble lass, and wanting means to get her love, flung a golden apple into her lap, with this inscription upon it, Juro tibi sana per mystica sacra Dianae met tibi venturum comitem sponsum que futurum. I swear by all the rights of Diana, I'll come and be thy husband if I may. She considered of it, and upon some small inquiry of his person and estate, was married unto him. Blessed is the wooing that is not long a doing. As the saying is, when the parties are sufficiently known to each other, what needs such scrupulosity, so many circumstances? Dost thou know her conditions, her bringing up, like her person? Let her means be what they will, take her without any more ado. Dido and Aeneas were accidentally driven by a storm both into one cave, they made a match upon it. Massinissa was married to that fair captive Sophonisba, King Syphax's wife, the same day that he saw her first, to prevent Scipio Lelius, lest they should determine otherwise of her. If thou lovest the party, do as much. Good education and beauty is a competent dowry, stand not upon money. Erant olim aurei homines, saith Theocritus, et adamantes redamabant. In the golden world men did so, in the reign of Ogigas belike, before staggering Ninus began to domineer. If all be true that is reported, and some few nowadays will do as much here and there one, tis well done, methinks, and all happiness befall them for so doing. Leontius, a philosopher of Athens, had a fair daughter called Athenais, multo corporis lepore ac venere, saith mine author, of a comely carriage. He gave her no portion but her bringing up, 
occulto forme, presagio, out of some secret foreknowledge of her fortune, bestowing that little which he had amongst his other children. But she, thus qualified, was preferred by some friends to Constantinople, to serve Pulcheria, the emperor's sister, of whom she was baptized and called Eudokia. Theodosius, the emperor, in short space took notice of her excellent beauty and good parts, and a little after, upon his sister's sole commendation, made her his wife. "'Twas nobly done of Theodosius. Rudophi was the fairest lady in her days in all Egypt. She went to wash her, and by chance, her maids meanwhile looking but carelessly to her clothes, an eagle stole away one of her shoes, and laid it in Sametticus, the king of Egypt's lap at Memphis. He wondered at the excellency of the shoe and pretty foot, but more equilae, factum, at the manner of the bringing of it and caused forthwith proclamation to be made that she that owned that shoe should come presently to his court. The virgin came, and was forthwith married to the king. I say this was heroically done, and like a prince. I commend him for it, and all such as have means, that will either do as he did themselves, or so for love, etc., marry their children. If he be rich, let him take such a one as once, if she be virtuously given, for as Sirachidas, Chapter 7, verse 19, adviseth, Forgo not a wife and good woman, for her grace is above gold. If she have fortunes of her own, let her make a man. Danaus of Lacedaemon had a many daughters to bestow, and means enough for them all. He never stood inquiring after great matches, as others used to do, but sent for a company of brave young gallants to his house, and bid his daughters choose every one one whom she liked best, and take him for her husband, without any more ado. This act of his was much approved in those times, but in this iron age of ours we respect riches alone, for a maid must buy her husband now with a great dowry if she will have him. Covetousness and filthy lucre mars all good matches, or some such by respects. Crelus, a Servian prince, as Nicephorus Gregorus relates it, was an earnest suitor to Eudokia, the emperor's sister, though her brother much desired, yet she could not abide him for he had three former wives, all basely abused. But the emperor still, Carlus amicitiam magni faciens, because he was a great prince and a troublesome neighbour, much desired his affinity, and to that end betrothed his own daughter Simonida to him, a little girl five years of age, he being forty-five, and five years older than the emperor himself. Such disproportionable and unlikely matches can wealth and a fair fortune make, and yet not that alone, it is not only money, but sometimes vainglory, pride, ambition, do as much harm as wretched covetousness itself in another extreme. If a yeoman have one sole daughter, he must overmatch her, above her birth and calling, to a gentleman forsooth, because of her great portion, too good for one of her own rank, as he supposeth. The gentleman's daughter and heir must be married to a knight baronet's eldest son at least, and a knight's only daughter to a baron himself, or an earl, and so upwards, her great dower deserves it. And thus, striving for more honour to their wealth, they undo their children. Many discontents follow, and oftentimes they ruinate their families. Paulus Jovius gives instance in Galeatius II, that heroical Duke of Milan, externas affinitatis, decoras quidem regio fastu, sed sibi et postris damnosas et ferre exitiales quesivit. He married his eldest son, John Galeatius, to Isabella, the king of France, his sister. But she was socorutam gravis, ut ducentis milibus aureoram constiterit. 
Her entertainment at Milan was so costly that it almost undid him. His daughter Violenta was married to Lionel, Duke of Clarence, the youngest son to Edward III, King of England. But at eus adventum tantae opes tam admirabili liberalitate profusae sunt, ut opulentissimorum regum splendorem superasse videretur, he was welcomed with such incredible magnificence that a king's purse was scarce able to bear it, for besides many rich presents of horses, arms, plate, money, jewels, etc., he made one dinner for him and his company, in which were thirty-two messes, and as much provision left, ut relatae amensa tapes deca milibus hominum sufficerent, as would serve ten thousand men. But a little after Lionel died, novae nuptae et intempestivis conviviis operam dans, etc., and to the duke's great loss the solemnity was ended. So can titles, honours, ambition make many brave but unfortunate matches of all sides for by-respects, though both crazed in body and mind, most unwilling, averse, and often unfit. So love is banished, and we feel the smart of it in the end. But I am too lavish peradventure in this subject. End of section 26